Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. What do you say we enter hour number two? I'm Jim Rome. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Good afternoon. Nice to have you here. So hour number two begins the interview portion of the program. I've got Will Brinson coming up a little bit later on. And I'm going to effort Rashad White. And we're trying to figure out right now whether or not we're going to get him on Zoom or whether or not we're going to get him on the telephone. So I'm working on that right now. In the meantime, your phone number is toll-free, 1-800-636-8686. You want to go ahead, hit me up right now. Again, time is running short. Before you know it, this year will be over, and then I'll be gone, and we'll be starting 2024. I would love to have you come up in here before the end of the year. All right, this is a big rally. I love this. We got it set up. I love it when technology comes together. We are joined right now by a running back for the Tampa Bay Bucks. He is in his second season, played his college ball at Arizona State, leads the team in rushing with 745 yards this year. He also has five rushing TDs. Sunday, he had a big game, rushed for 102 yards, and he had a receiving TD in that big win over the Falcons. The Bucks are 6-7. and seven. They're tied for first in the NFC South, and they've got a big one against the Packers on Sunday. We are joined via Zoom by Rashad White. Rashad, great to have you on. How are you? What's up, Jim? Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm blessed, man. I thank y'all for having me on. You look good, dude. Great to have you back. Thanks so much. Hey, listen, let me ask you. The Bucks have won back-to-back games. You pulled out that dramatic come-from-behind win Sunday on the road in a big division game against the Falcons. What's that say about your team and this team's heart and grit? Uh, it just says a lot, man. You know, right now, with everything going on and how our season has uh, been after our bye week, uh, it's been a tough stretch. So, uh, you know, just the grits, just the guts of our team. We've been trying to put together, and uh, you know, it's a great start. Two wins in a row, um, you know, one at home in the division and the other one on the road. That was much needed, a uh, huge game. So uh, it says a lot. Our team, we full of dogs. You guys do play like dogs. Rashad White joining us. Listen, team first, I get that. But let me ask you this. After starting eight games last year, you've been essentially RB1 from week one this year. You've responded in a big way. You lead the team in rushing. You're the third leading receiver on that team with 48 receptions. Fact is, you're now one of the more productive backs in the NFL. Did you always know that given the opportunity, you'd have this kind of impact? Uh, yeah, uh, I just put in a lot of work, man, over the time. Uh, I've been blessed my life to be able to catch um, the ball very well. I've uh, been put in certain situations in my life in, in the past, and I always liked to, liked to run routes and things like that growing up. So the receiving side was uh, – I knew it would always be huge and the way the, the game was trending as I was growing up. But just, yeah, given the opportunity, uh, I knew that, uh, you know, in the chance, I knew that i make the most of it. And uh, that's really all I'm doing right here right now. And, uh, I'm just doing what I need to do to help my team win and uh, being that player that all, all the guys on my team believed that I could be and I know I could be. So let me ask you this. I mean, when you talk about opportunity, your usage rate is actually off the charts. You rank fourth in the NFL in total touches. You're ninth in yards from scrimmage. Like every back wants the rock, but you're getting more work this year than you actually did your senior year in college. So is there such a thing as too much of a good thing? In other words, how are you holding up physically? 
Uh, so I was crazy. I was just on the phone with my boy this morning, and actually, like, uh, yeah, throughout my whole career, like, even my junior college, all this, like, my whole time playing football, even in high school, I would just tell him, like, this is the most I didn't touch the ball in my career in the season. Um, just like, yeah, like you said, with the touches and the carries, and um, just uh, I think 201 is, yeah, the most carries I've had um, in a, a in a football season literally since I mean not even since then like I never had it in high school never had it then so uh, I've just been great man I, I put a lot of money put a lot of time in my body man like you know like today I got three sessions body work sessions I've been blessed and fortunate of God too on that side of just being able to be healthy uh, my whole whole career being able to have been fortunate to be on the you know the lucky side of to not have a serious injury or things like that and um, you know I've been very healthy for most of my football career so uh, you know that's credit to God and just credit to me just in in the, in the people I got that work on my body and do a great job of just keeping me up up and steady and maintaining you know I really like that because the fact of the matter is body is temple body is your money maker you should invest in your body I mean that is your money maker I'm kind of curious when you talk about the time and money you spend in you know without giving me the idea of how much money can you give me an idea like what do you do to invest in your body to maintain your body to make sure you're right what types of things uh yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it's really a lot to go with it. Uh, so, I mean, we do a lot of um, just mobility, um, just strengthening up, being able to be loose, being able to be, you know, flexible, things like that. We also do a lot of uh, just cupping, um, you know, body work as in massages, just things like that, as well as uh, dry needling. It just helps. It helps the nervous system and the body to be able to respond and obviously get your blood in your body because obviously that's what helps you heal faster and things like that, uh, the blood flow and just getting it right. And honestly, um, just a lot of little things that just goes into it and just activating and uh, making other uh, parts of my body like stronger, strong in a deep season or a tough season, like when you get this deep into the season. So uh, it's just a lot. Like I said, a lot of money, a lot of time, literally. Like, I mean, I woke up, I had this morning, like I'm 9 a.m. I'm in there with one of my guys at his facility. Then after that, uh, right at 11, leaving his facility, I go to one of my other guys. And then I got my massage lady. She's going to be on the way here in a couple of hours. So it's like, it's, it's huge. Like, it's huge. Dude, you're a pro. You're a pro. You've already figured this out early in your career. What about fuel? What do you do for nutrition? What do you fuel yourself with? What about food? What's your approach? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I just try to make sure I, you maintain and you eat um, three days. I, I mean, eat three meals a day. Um, I do the best I can at that. Um, so, it's just certain little things. The Bucks do a good job of feeding us. So, just, you know, a lot of, like, rice, chicken, protein, things like that. And, obviously, I got to have my vegetables, um, you know, asparagus, green beans, just certain things like that. Um, sometimes, of course, you go out of that. Like, I'm not perfect. Uh, sometimes I get a burger. Sometimes I want Chick-fil-A, you know, just life, you know what I'm saying? So, there's certain days that we plan out the week, me and my nutritionist for the Bucks and things like that, of where I can have a cheat day and where I got to be disciplined. And, and maintain it and the biggest thing is just make sure you stay hydrated like drink a lot of water and uh, i drink a lot of water and gatorade man them two are the biggest things i drink other than that i drink uh some minimade lemonade here and there other than that i drink gatorade minimade lemonade rarely and water so yeah, and i'll bet you sleep too you gotta sleep you gotta rest you gotta recover rashad white joining us i appreciate the approach hey listen again team first but you're now just 255 yards away from a 1,000 yard season rushing. No buck has done that since Doug Martin, the muscle hamster, did it back in 2015. How much would that milestone mean to you if you hit that number? 
Uh, it has just mean a lot. Uh, it mean a lot for sure for the crew, uh, Buccaneers, the 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 you know um, the organization. Um, it just mean a lot for, of course, for me, uh, just being able to do that, accomplish that. Like you said, 2015, man, that's like what eight years ago or so, man, going on about nine or so. So, I mean, it's just huge. But it also goes to show like how hard it is to you know get a thousand yards in this in this um you know in the league and how tough it is. And I mean, it's been some great backs still to come through here and just for that for me to be able to have a chance to accomplish that. Me and my old line, we know that. And, yeah, and then after we accomplish that, we're going shopping. We're going to do something. We're going on a trip. We're going to do something for sure. Dude, what do you do for the line? If you get that number, you know you needed some help, and I know you appreciate the big dudes up front. What will you do for those guys if you hit 1,000? Uh, man, I just know they're going to get some gifts, man, some good gifts that they like, not, you know, some a good amount of, like, money, like, spent into them, man. Uh, man, uh, it'll be great, man. They appreciate it. But they for sure going to get gifts. Even if I don't touch it, they're going to get gifts, man, because, uh, you know, they help me out a lot throughout this season. And, you know, they do a lot, put their bodies on the line. They bang every play. And, um, you know, I feed off of them guys, so. There's no doubt in my mind. You appreciate everybody and everything around you. Rashad White's joining us. I mentioned Doug Martin, man. No wonder that dude hated that nickname, Muscle Hamster. Bro, who drops that handle on somebody, man? How weird is that? Uh, uh, honestly, yeah, that's different, man. Uh, muscle Hamster. Like, <laughs> I mean, I couldn't man. be imagined being called Muscle Hamster, man, for sure. So, yeah, I don't blame him that he didn't like him, uh, didn't like it. And I don't know who, yeah, we we should find a guy that created that nickname because that is funny. That is funny. Like, <laughs> that's different, man. Hamster, hey, dude, I want to make it muscle, very clear, man. Muscular. In no way am I clowning or mocking Doug Martin. I love the dude. I used to love talking to him. But anytime that came up, man, the conversation always took this, like, hard turn. He did not like that nickname at all. That was kind of weird. Hey, I want to ask you something. A week before your game against the Panthers, you were rocking a T-shirt supporting the Heisman candidacy of LSU quarterback Jane Daniels, who was your teammate in college before he transferred. How hyped were you to see him rip that award Saturday night? Man, I was heck of hype. Uh, it means a lot, man. Me and him talk a lot. We really literally just was on the phone. I told him I'm going to call him back after I get off your show, man. And uh, like, that's my boy. That's my dog. We put a lot of time. Uh, my couple years at Arizona State, man, he put a lot of time in before that. And just to see his hard work, man, all the work he put in, get his body right, to build his body up muscle-wise, and just everything that, you know, he'd been through and the scrutiny he was going through. I mean, everybody seen the video. I mean, it's still resurfacing now. Um, you know, I watch ASU fans turn on him and things like that. You know, you watch so many people turn on him. So just to see my guy do something that we got text messages of, of him saying he was going to go do and we talk all the time and say what we gonna do man it meant a lot and I was in this corner the whole time and believed in him you know for a fact that means the world to him and I love the way he handles himself because of all those things you just mentioned Rashad one last thought another guy that I could reference when it comes to things like that people turning on you Baker Mayfield he finds Kate Otten for the game winner in the final minute of regulation this past weekend that was his eighth fourth quarter comeback win of his career I think Geno Smith said it best and it applies to Baker too right folks wrote him off but he ain't right back though how much confidence do you and your teammates have in Baker when the game is on the line uh, we got a lot of confidence. Uh, we got a lot of confidence. And we all got a lot of confidence in ourselves. The crazy part, I was mic'd up. And I hope they showed when we was going on that drive, when I mean, Atlanta scored and it was going on that drive, I was talking in my mic. 
you know, I was saying we we gonna win this game, and I was like talking like as in not even to my teammates. I was talking through the to the people on the mic. So I mean, I hope they got that. But I was like, we are gonna win this game. Uh, I know we are. Just like that, we finna go on the drive right here and close it out. But uh, it means a lot, man. Bake shows a lot of passion, man. He has a lot of enthusiasm. He brings a lot, uh, you know, to our team and to the table, man. And obviously, as you can see, man, um, even regardless of the game, he felt like he was having, man, just to be clutch. And I mean, I gotta give a shout out to Cade, man. I don't know how many game one touchdowns that's been. I mean, since he been in the league, man, he, I mean, we've been in the league together two years, man. We got drafted together, bro. He like one of the clutchest dudes I know. Like he one of the clutchest dudes I know. He come up big, man. Dude, I, I could just rap with you all day long, Rashad. So one more thing. He's one of the clutchest dudes you know. Is there like a clutch gene or is that preparation? Like why, why are some guys, they just have a knack, man. They play biggest when the stakes are highest, i.e. they're clutch. How do you explain clutch? Clutch is the biggest thing for me is clutch is poise, man. Uh, I say that because the moment is never too big. It's never too bright for certain guys. And not everybody got that. You know, heart be beating. Uh, some guys be scared of the moment. So you could say preparation obviously goes into that. But you also got to say like confidence and belief. Uh, someone's confidence and belief in themselves to, um, and, and make confidence and belief in, in, in the play design and, and the trust and confidence in K to throw it up to him. I mean, like, what? That's like the second game or so, third game this year. Um, and, you know, he's came up big. Um, and in and, and, and a clutch moment, I just say that that goes to show a lot, man. Just his heart, man, and him, you know, I don't even know if he had another catch all game, but just to get grab that one when, that, when the game was on the line, man, you see, you just see it, man. It's poised. Not everybody can do that. So I lied. Here is my last question. When you said, I knew, you said into the mic, we're going to win. We're going to win. I know we're going to win. How did you know? Is it a tribute to the guys in the locker room? How were you so sure that you guys were going to come back and rip that game? Uh, I just seen the guys, man. You just see our guys. I mean, we, we've been in a lot of games this this year that and that we wanted and that we didn't get. I mean, like I said, off, off the bye week, uh, we had a tough stretch. Uh, we won like one game out of like seven or six or so uh, at a point in time, and right. we was in a lot of all of them games. I wouldn't even say a lot. We was in all of them games on, on, at the last drive or at the last minute, and uh, we ended up making mistakes. But even in them drives or even in, we knew we'd figure it out and and get out of some of these tough clutch games and things like that and like, you could just see it man i just seen it I, I was arguing with a fan on the sideline the fan said Atlanta was gonna go score on our defense and i was like it don't matter i'm like i'm uh throwing up the dub to the fan like in the stand while he in the stands on our side like, like this i'm like we still gonna win like i'm pointing at ourselves like we i mean like we still gonna win and he was pointing at baker and i was like it don't matter watch we still gonna win and uh then we go out there that Atlanta score that drive uh, on our defense and then we go out there and we just you know close it out and then our defense did a good job of just holding them at the end dude I love that Tuesday energy Rashad I never ever keep a guest out long but when a guest is going like you were going there's no way I can cut you loose that is a great job dude I appreciate you congrats you're having a great year that's a great interview and thanks so much for doing it man really appreciate it no, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate y'all for having me on. Much love, Jim. Much love, Rashad White. Yes, sir. Love that energy. That's how you show up. That's how you do it. That's a class act and a really nice player. And I'm really happy for him. He's having a big year. A big year. Rashad White, if you need him. Played his college ball at Arizona State. He does lead the team in rushing. He is third on the team in receptions, coming off a 100-plus yard game in that big win, and they are tied for first in the NFC South. They've got the Packers on Sunday. My man, nice job. Really like that. All right, we'll take a break right now. Telephone number is toll-free. If you want to respond to that, you go right ahead. 1-800-636-8686. How many guests do you know show up with that kind of personality, that kind of energy? Not very many. 
Good job, dude. So, I've got a question for you, if you don't mind. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky one of the greatest things in the history of life? Why don't we start? I mean, how much time do I have? Why don't we start with the fact that it is produced by a family-run business? Not just any family business, but a family business which stands by quality. A family business which does produce, in fact, the world's finest beef jerky. Do not be fooled by other brands. All beef jerky is not the same. Stop making that mistake. They're not all the same. Make sure you choose the right one. Make sure you choose the best one. Make sure you choose Old Trapper. Every single bite of Old Trapper is amazing because they use just the best ingredients. I know. I speak from experience. This is why they're such a big partner on this program because I love the product. I love their approach. I love their process. I love what I get when I crack open that bag. Four different flavors, all exceptional. Grab and go with a four-ounce bag or load up with an 18-ounce bag. That way there's enough for everybody. If you don't see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. Again, my thanks to Rashad White. I've got Will Brinson coming up at 1040. So we'll talk some more football at that time. So we talked yesterday about Shohei Otani's contract and how wild it was for him to get 700 mil. The only thing more wild than him getting 700 mil is the fact that we come to find out that he's going to defer 680 mil of it. Insane. And, and I don't even want to hear, yeah, Rome, he does make 50 mil plus per year in endorsements. And, and, let me ask you something. If somebody contracted you and you agreed to a deal that paid you $70 million a deal a year, how many of you would say, you know what, I'll just take two of it and I'll just wait a decade for the other 68 mil per without interest? I'm guessing very few of you would do that. You know how when you win the lotto, they let you know, do you want that lump sum or do you want to spread it out? Some spread it out. Most take the lump sum. It just goes to show you that's a really different dude, which we knew. And it goes to show you how badly this guy wants to win. That's putting your mouth, your money where your mouth is. Two million a year. In terms of salary... You want to talk about a team-friendly deal. Has there ever been a more friendly deal for a team? And it was his idea, not the team's idea. I think the backup catcher is making more money than him. I want to get into that. That is absolutely incredible. So we've got that for you. I want to get into Steve Kerr being not only one of the greatest coaches in any sport, class act, an incredible mentor, But he tried the wrong guy, and it kind of backfired on him in a funny way. I've got that for you, too, a little bit later on, and some really good sound behind that. But I'm always looking for telephone calls, except from this guy. I already said to this guy, I've already said to this guy on this show, Ryan, why are you stepping out of your lane again? You're known for one thing, average to below average beefs. And that's what you do well. 
for you. I grade you on a curve. Anytime you try something other than a beef, it comes back to bite you in the ass. So what do you do? You hit me on the X. You hit me on email. It goes terribly. And then I tell you again, stop doing that. So what do you do? You pick up the phone. All right, Ryan. One last shot. But dude, three strikes and you're out. I'm going to give you a chance to hang up before I go to you. Just one shot. Just three shots, kid. Just three shots. All right, Ryan, I'll play along. Why the hell not? We go to Sacktown. Ryan in Sacktown. Ryan, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Jim? How you doing today? Good, dude. How about you? Doing well. Hey, uh, I just wanted to reach out and congratulate you. I think I can speak for a lot of the clones. It's really cool you're putting that book project together. And although I'm not going to be able to make my time with the author that Tom proposed, I wanted to see if you can open an avenue to some of us clones to maybe email our thoughts in about the jungle and what it's meant to us. Ryan. Oh, Ryan boy. Oh, Ryan boy. Can't make time for the author, but he'd be willing to email his thoughts. Hey, Ryan, here's the thing. It's not an actual book yet. It's a project that we're working on. Here's the thing, Ryan. The author is an acclaimed author. He's had a lot of success. He knows exactly what the hell he's doing. And I have a vision for this book. We want the book to be different. We don't want it to be your standard memoir. We want it to be different because the show is different, right? If the show is different and my approach is different, I want the book to be different. So one of the things that makes this show and me different is the clones. So what I want to do is reach out to clones that are very good about explaining what the show means to them, how they approach the show, and what it means to them to be players or participants on the show. Dude, you satisfy none of that. You don't check any of those boxes. Here's the other thing, Ryan. I want the book to sell. I want the book to be successful. I want the book to extend my brand. Hey, Ryan, I want to make money. Why would I include you, Ryan? Ryan, what are you known for? Nothing. And one (laughs) tiny thing. You live in Sacramento and you clown people who live in Bakersfield. That's not the thing that got me in the Hall of Fame. I would argue the clones have a lot to do with me being in the Radio Hall of Fame because they're so different. The audience is so different. That's my author's take. What makes them different? What do they mean to you? What have they meant to your career? Why are they so important? Ryan, you're not different. Nor are you important to me. He didn't mean the Baco jokes. I'll tell you what he didn't do. Now, I'm not saying that the author in question who shall remain anonymous until he tells me otherwise. I'm not saying that the author in question knows everything about the show, but he knows enough about the show. And he's listened for a long time. But you know what he's never done, Ryan? You know what he didn't say? And he and I have been talking. We talk every week. We talk about the deal. We talk about the the project. We talk about how to approach it. You know what's never come up, Ryan, in that whole time? You. You know what he's never said to me? Hey, Hey, Jim, you know what we should do? Do you have the number of that one guy 
in Sacramento who calls up once a week and he clowns on Bakersfield? Do you have that guy? I think he'd be really good for the project. Honestly, Jim, you know that I'm here to push you. You know that I'm here to get the best out of you, but I would never tell you what you have to do. But you have to get this guy because honestly, I don't think we have a book without him. I don't think there's a publisher anywhere that will do this deal without Ryan and Sacktown. In fact, you know what, Jim? I think you should let him write the foreword. In fact, you know what, Jim? I think I'm going to step aside and you should let Ryan write the book because his content on your show is so incredible. Hey, Ryan, you're hired. When can you start? And by hired, I mean, don't ever call me ever again, Ryan. Wow, bro. Arrogant much? Ryan, Ryan, read my lips. I don't want you anywhere near this book. Ryan, I don't want you anywhere near the X, but I can't control that. I don't want you anywhere near my email address. I don't want you anywhere near this toll-free number that I hit like 10 times a day. Ryan, I'm going to do something that's going to get me in trouble. If you're watching on TV right now, change the channel or turn it off. What I'm saying, dude, oh, and by the way, dude, when the book is done, don't buy it. I don't want anybody seeing you with my book in your hands. There'll be an association that I don't want. So to answer your question, no, dude, you cannot be a part of the book. Damn, Ryan, it's bad enough you're a part of the show. I'm trying to expand my brand, not contract my brand. Ryan, I'm not, I'm trying to find other things to do. I'm not trying to find other things for you to be a part of. Let me see some reaction. Dear Ryan in Sacktown, how does that taste? Signed, Bakersfield. Brian in the ATL. Tell me how my ass tastes. Kevin writes, the hell was that? I could have sworn I was listening to an episode of a reinvention project. Always great to hear a guest without much energy and positivity. Oh, yeah, no doubt, Rashad. 100%. Believe me, we try to find those guests. We try to target those guests. That's why I said, I came right out of that interview and I said, I like that Tuesday energy. And then Ryan brought me down with that horrible energy. Let's get a phone call in here. I want to get back. I want to elevate the conversation. I want to get that bad taste out of my mouth. Ross in Lexington. What's going on, Ross? How are you? Hey, Jim. I'm fired up to talk to you, buddy. I've been listening since the late 90s out of that nasty river town in Cincinnati. I was able to pick you up where that weirdo in emails you from or whatever. But my my issues with the Dolphins, who I've rooted for for years, <clears throat> how second place looked, by the way, Rick. Um, how Tua, whenever they take away the middle of the field from him, he looks like he did last night. And you know how they look once the weather gets cold. They start growing a tail like Najee. So, anyway, I just wanted to say that 
I'm a big fan of you. I'm concerned about my fish, but they're still in first place. I'm out. My man, you nailed it. Rack him. I think you nailed everything about that call. I don't disagree with any part of that call. Except growing a tail. Like Najee. He's right. They're obviously a very different team without Tua. You know how we were having that conversation that no wide receiver has ever won the MVP? And that Tyreek was in the conversation for MVP? I don't think that I can make an argument. I mean... He did say before the year he would go over 2,000 yards. If he went over 2,000 yards and Miami was the number one seed, you know, maybe you make that argument. Maybe. But I'll tell you where he saw his real value when he went down last night and all of a sudden Miami did not have him. Tua did not have him. That's when you really see the value of Tyreek and how he's an actual MVP candidate. Also, it didn't help that the offensive line was smashed up. And there was a lot of pressure on Tua the entire game. A ton of pressure. But then again, easier to deal with the pressure when you've got Tyreek running free. And he didn't have him last night. So I agree with you. See, it's one thing to say that Miami was 0-3 against teams with winning records. It's quite another to see them get beat the way they did last night. To choke the way they did last night. You're right. They still are where they are in the division. I'm not saying it's time to panic, but if you're asking me, do I buy in? Do I still think they're a legitimate possibility for the top seed? Do I think that any other AFC team is going to fear them in the playoffs? No, not at this point. Not after what I saw last night. Yes, they're dangerous. Yes, they can put points on the board. But do you really think that Baltimore saw that? Or even Kansas City saw that? Or even Buffalo saw that and said, oh man, look out. He's also right. When the weather gets cold, and it's going to get cold, that's something else. Yeah, dude, you should be concerned. They can't lose that game. You're playing for the top seed in the AFC. You cannot blow a 14-point lead with just over three minutes to go to Tennessee when they gifted that game to you. That was a bad, bad loss. And by bad, I mean catastrophic. That was a terrible loss. From Miami. All right, when we come back, Will Brinson joins us. It was always fun. Chop it up. Talk a little ball. Way to go, Ross. Way to pick me back up. Good to get back on track with a good phone call. Here's a sports update for you. From Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. I'm Jim Rome. If you're on hold, stay there. If not, telephone number is toll free. Use it or find me on the X or hit me up on email. As promised, we are joined right now by a CBS Sports senior NFL writer. He is host of the Pick 6 podcast. Good friend of the program, too. He is Will Brinson. Will, what's going on? How you doing, brother? Jim, what's going on, man? Hope everything's well with you. 
everything is great here. Hey, well, everything except my betting. Hey, well, let me ask you something. So <laughs> going into last night's game, I said to myself, I've got a new rule because with if you're going to get down, you have to have boundaries. You have to have a process. You have to have rules. I promised myself I would never, ever lay double-digit points in an NFL game ever again. And then the rule lasted five minutes, and I laid the points <laughs> with the Dolphins, and it came back to bite me in the ass. Where do you come out on that? Is that number just too big generally, double digits, in the NFL to you? How do you play that? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the issues is when you think about the NFL and, like, I mean, last night's example, I mean, a very unusual one, right? Because the Dolphins are up 27-13 with four and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. But, like, that is sort of a microcosm, I think, or, like, it's, it's a it's – a, it's sort of an aberrational example of what can happen so easily in the NFL. And it's why like Scott Hansen gets on red zone and calls it the witching hour. You know, you can be leading your picks pool with like nine correct picks. And you know, an hour later, everybody comes through the back door, everything flips and you end up in a situation where you, you're not winning any, you're not winning anything. Right. Or you, you've got a bunch of bets that it looks like you're going to win. And all of a sudden, because of the way that the NFL works, and it's part of it, there's a, there's a couple of factors here, but you know one of the things is that the NFL has created this league and designed this league with the the rules in mind where teams keep games close. They brag about it every week in their press releases about how many close games there are, how many fourth quarter, you know, uh, how many one score games in the fourth quarter, one score games at the end of the game. Um, so they want close games. They don't want blowouts. Blowouts are bad for ratings. You also have a situation where even with like coaches like Mike McDaniel, right? You saw where the you know, Will Levis hits DeAndre Hopkins with like 240 left. I, I believe the Titans had all their timeouts. And then I think Mike McDaniel tried, you know, however it played out, it, it was you just have a lot of coaches who are going to be trust their defense, right? Be conservative, maybe try and pass. If it's incomplete, all of a sudden you stop the clock and they want to burn timeouts. And it's just you can move up and down the field so quickly late in games. And if you're in a blowout and you're a 14 point favorite and you're down, let's say, 17 points and the, and the favorite's covering. You know, that defense probably has some backups in there, and they're going against the backup quarterback on the other side who's just out there YOLO balling it. So I, I think there's just so many difficult factors in laying those points. But, man, I mean, Tennessee, you know, they're rolling out Will Levis, and you don't think Derrick Henry rushed for 34 yards on two yards of carry. If you, you, know, you tell me that, and I'm thinking the Dolphins cover 14 easily. Not only that, Will, but they muffle punt. And yep. Derrick Henry can't handle a toss. I mean, they did everything they could to give them that game, and they didn't want it. And it was a game that they really did need. What about the other side of that? Will Brinson joining us. The Giants and Tommy DeVito shocked the Packers last night, although I guess in the NFL there is no such thing as a shock anymore. But what about DeVito, man? How much fun is this guy and the entire spectacle surrounding him? It, 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 it's awesome. I mean, Tommy, like, there's like there's dudes going to sandwich shops in in the tri-state area, and they're getting like they get they're taking the like the giant helmets and the giant jersey in there. I saw Jordan Renan of, of ESPN. They got a video of this guy. He's like, "What, what did you have right there?" He's like, "Adam signed it, Tommy Cutlets," and his agents in the stands dressed like Al Capone or something. You know, everybody's doing the whatever they I don't even know what the hand sign is technically called, but you know, like it's like the Sopranos. Yeah, you know, we got some chicken parm hand size. I mean, he did the ranking of the. I don't know if you saw the blind rankings of the food. But he's like, oh, he's like, Mars. Like the, the guy he's eating with um, is like, oh, Marsala. That's like a vegetable. I mean, it's the whole thing is so stereotypical and so perfect and so enjoyable. 
And until Zach Wilson played well on Sunday for the Jets, I think it was maybe Bill Barnwell pointed this out, but just a hilarious juxtaposition of these two New York teams in total chaos, not winning a bunch of games, but at least the Giants are having fun with Tommy DeVito. And, you know, the, and, and now, I mean, obviously, the Giants five and eight are actually <laughs> kind of hanging around in the mix. I, the, the whole thing is, is just delightful. And it's one of those things that's I mean, shocking. He had 10 carries for 71 yards, too, last night. Only threw for a buck 58, but completed a bunch of his passes and, and played well enough. You know, DeVito is, um, was like considered the worst passer in football coming into the season or out of the preseason. And now he's, you know, suddenly just winning games for the Giants. It's, it's not sustainable, but it certainly is going to take any heat off of Brian Dable and, um, and Joe Shane in terms of, you know, why they, they're not getting back to the playoffs and going to make getting rid of Daniel Jones easier. Will Brinson is joining us, no doubt. That gives them some breathing room. What about Philadelphia, Will? They were 10-3 and now, and, you know, that, that's not the end of the world, right? But it's deceiving in the sense that they got hammered by the Niners and the Cowboys. Hard to argue that they're in either of their classes after those beatdowns. Is this who they really are, or are they that 10-1 and team who we thought were still the kings of the NFC? I mean, I think the word, uh, you know, our buddy Pete Prisco used is, uh, is wobbly. And I think that's a good word to describe this Eagles team, Jim. You know, they, they were, they were down 17 to seven to the Chiefs at halftime and the Chiefs didn't score, uh, in the second half. They were probably should have lost to the Bills too. You know, this is a team that easily could have lost its last four games coming out of the bye. Only gave up 17 to the Chiefs, but you give up 34 to the Bills. You get drubbed and give up 42 to the Niners, and you get drubbed and give up 33 to the Cowboys. They're gonna they're gonna win the division. They've got the Seahawks that probably. I don't know. They got Tommy DeVito twice on the schedule left. Um, they got the Seahawks, the Giants twice, and the Cardinals uh, with the Cardinals at home, Seahawks on the road. You know, you think that this team goes three and one regardless and ends up winning the division, but the defense isn't playing well. And you know, early in the season when Jalen Hurts was struggling it was just something didn't seem right and now it's pretty obvious i think that he you know i mean he he is at least banged up because you see the way that he deals with contact he you know he's taking slides early on these outruns on the other these runs to the outside instead of trying to you know keep going and force his way downfield he's avoiding contact as best he can because he wants to save himself for the playoffs it, it does feel like as good as this team is, and they're really good. They're deep across the both lines. They have tons of talent across the board. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith are just a sick combination. You know, they could easily be a, a lot closer to a team that's maybe, I don't know, like 7-6 like seven, seven or like 8-5. Eight and, eight and five. They, they, Yeah, they got lucky. They found ways to win. But if this defense is giving up points like this, the player, they're, they're just not a team that's going to make another Super Bowl run. No, they're not the same. You know, it's funny, Will, that you mentioned that Pete Prisco used the word wobbly to describe them. I would ask you the question, is Pete wobbly right now, and are you going to run him down with your seasonal picks? Dude, I'm telling you, Pete's wobbly because he's, he's, um, he's on that Olympic, and he's like, he's like weighs like 45 pounds now. I, mean, I, hadn't seen, I hadn't seen him in person forever. Next time you see him, you're going to be like, what the hell is going on here, Pete? I, you know, rumors persist that he's on a celebrity diet. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I can't confirm or deny. But, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I, you know, in a, in a perfect world, I'd love to walk Pete down. I always like to. I mean, best-case scenario, I win in the picture. He went 10-4-1 this past week, and uh, he's, he's still got like a six-game lead on me, I think. He might actually be he's, – he's been a little warm lately, which is concerning. 
Um, so yeah, I, hopefully walk him down. But I, I need I need a couple of hot weeks. I had a midseason lull in both fantasy and 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 the gambling and the betting, and it, it's, I got to turn things around. I mean, I started to turn it around now, but need need a strong finish here. You know how it goes. Hey, well, one last thought: Justin Herbert reportedly getting surgery on that fractured index finger. He's going to miss the rest of the season. What do you think, or how do you think that's going to impact Brandon Staley's future with the team? Well, I was worried that they would not shut him down because Brandon Staley wants to try to keep his job. I mean, I don't see how the the Chargers, unless it's just a strictly we're cheap scenario, which is entirely possible, I don't see how they can justify bringing Brandon Staley back. You know, you, you watch that game, and to me it's like very telling to see them get blown out by a Broncos team. And we all know Sean Payton wanted that Chargers job. He wanted to coach Justin Herbert. You know, Tom Telesco didn't want to – you know, move. He didn't want to make the move to Sean Payton because then he'd be in a power struggle. Uh, obviously, Brandon Staley wanted to keep his job. Ownership there is is very frugal and didn't want to you know cough up the dough for Payton. And so then you see Denver now at seven and six, making a playoff run, like putting the putting the nail in the coffin for the Chargers season. If that doesn't speak to you as like an owner of the Chargers, if you're the Spanish family, about why you have to make a change, I don't know what possibly could. This team is way too talented to be five and eight. They, you know, bad decisions, bad, really bad defense, um, poor, poor, poor analytical moves, like all the things that Brandon Staley is supposed to be good at, this team isn't good at. And, and the offense has been lethargic too. Now, injuries have hurt them there, but th- there's really no excuse for how bad this team is. And if they don't make a move in terms of going from Staley to somebody else, I think it would be shocking at this point. I agree with you. Given the talent they have, there's no reason for them to be 5-8. and eight. He is a CBS Sports senior NFL writer. He is host of the Pick 6 podcast. He is Will Brinson. Will, great to have you on, man. Appreciate you so much, hey. Will. Great job. Anytime, Jim. Thanks, man. Talk you to got it. Be good. Will Brinson, always fun. One of my favorite dudes. He's fun. He's fun. He's smart. He's got the stuff. He gets it. All right, so we're getting ready for hour number three. Stucknut's helping me out. Stucknut writes, Ryan and other clones can email their thoughts to me, and I will sort through them, send them to junkfolder at stucknut.com. Hey, Ryan, to add insult to injury, not only did he clap back on you, Stucknut, unlike you, made the cut. The nut will get an audience with the author, or the author will get an audience with the nut. The nut will get that phone call. In fact, the nuts already told Tommy, I'm fine with that. I'm good with that. So I'm going to say there's probably a half a dozen of you that I would start with. Ryan, you're not one of them. V and the Fee is in. Jimbo Slice. Rashad White is such a stud. Great interview. And he makes that Bucks offense nasty. Signed V and the Fee. War Brian Danish Bowl struggling to jump over a credit card. If he, you weren't even looking to hype Rashad. You just wanted to get your Brian Danish Bowl crack in there. Come on, man. You can do so much better than that, V. Well, maybe not so much better, but you can do better. Stay tuned.